NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. We talked a great deal about this trend on our program several times. But did we or did we not just barely scratch the surface? Is it more of an investment or a means of collecting? There are so many questions to be answered. Now, of course, we talked about an NFT art by Beeple selling for a record $69 million back in March. But NFTs are not only reserved for the art world, it goes beyond art. People are spending millions of dollars on NFT collectibles of all sports, uh, sports, trading cards, augmented reality sneakers. You can't wear them, but you can collect them. Music, animated gifts, and so on. So is this a new form of collecting different types of niche items and products? To enlighten us, we have Scott Fusion joining us on the line this morning. Scott is not only an educational and community organizer expert, but also co-founder of Numomo, a creative NFT agency. For the last 15 years in South Korea, his domain expertise in the creative and educational industry has allowed him to develop art events, a bilingual magazine, and a set of social media campaigns. We welcome Scott to the studio. Good morning, Scott. Uh, Good morning, Lena. Uh, I hear you've been having a busy few days. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, Just getting ready for another full day of meetings and talks and uh, traversing the the metaverse, as we say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping that you're able to provide a clear explanation as to, well... What NFTs are, we tried to discuss it in detail, but it was rather difficult, being that we are not the experts. Uh, yeah, for sure. Great question. So usually this is you know, a hot topic and question that is asked quite frequently. Um, so we actually, I, you know, I like to start with talking about what an NFT is not. Ah. So, so for me, an NFT is not cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. It is not a selfie picture that you take on your phone. It is not a video of your cat that you upload to TikTok. Um, It is not an internet scam or a pyramid scheme. So uh, that is what an NFT is not. Yeah, not on what it is not, but what it is then perhaps on the flip side. Is that a more difficult question to answer? Uh, No. So that is, so let me get to what an NFT is then. You know, as I discussed what an NFT is not. So NFT stands for uh, a non-fungible token. Non-fungible means it cannot be copied. Mm. Um, token is the unique ID that separates one NFT from all the others. But I think that's what makes it a little misleading, calling it a token, because then we start to think maybe it's a currency, kind of like cryptocurrency, but it's to be differentiated, right? Correct. Correct. So, yeah, that's kind of a technical term uh, for what an NFT is. Mm. Um, I think the best way to talk about what an NFT is, is with an example. Uh, I have this really great example. Uh, I want to share it with you. Um, step in anytime you have questions, of course. <laughs> All right. Let's say we go to a BTS concert, mm-hmm. right? We're waiting in line. We have our BTS fan poster, and there's thousands of other fans with the same poster, right? Uh, at the concert, we're in the front row, right, rocking out, and <laughs> BTS, you know, sees me and calls me up on stage, right? Singles me out. Uh, I come up with my poster. Um, they sign that poster, kind of have like that magic moment on stage. Everyone's cheering, I'm getting pictures, mm. I'm on the big screen, right? Sounds good. Um, right? It sounds awesome, right? And so that poster, although thousands of other people have it, is now unique. Mm. Right? It now has value. Mm-hmm. Why? Because BTS signed it. And thousands of people took pictures of it. Mm-hmm. So now that poster is unique out of the thousands that are in existence. And so it has value. Um, and so that example relates to what an NFT is. So an NFT, coming back, 
is basically a unique digital code that lives on the website that everyone can access and see the history of its creation. Mm-hmm. That helps. Yeah, I think that helps a great deal because it, that's why we think of it more as a collectible than anything else, right? It makes that one collectible piece or that token so unique that it appreciates hopefully in value. So it works like an investment. I understand that. But I do wonder how NFTs work for the art world specifically, because a lot of the NFT sales this year that generated a lot of noise, like the NBA video clips of game highlights, like the Mm -hmm. LeBron James dunk, uh, Twitter founder Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Now, these don't necessarily have anything to do with art collecting. So how does an NFT or the introduction and the popularity of it work for the art world? Uh, Good question there. Thank you for asking. So how does an NFT help an artist? Uh, Again, we, you know, at New Momo and myself, I like to look at the problems first um, that digital artists are having. So before we talk about how it helps, um, I like to talk about the problems. So as we've been doing interviews, as we have been helping different artists in this space, we found there's three key problems um, artists are having. So one, not being able to prove ownership of a digital artwork. Um, And number two, uh, not being able to make a unique or scarce digital content. And number three, um, not having a way to collect royalties from secondary sales Mm. of their digital files. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And so those are the problems that you face. And so how do you flip it and ensure that some of these maybe up-and-coming artists then actually thrive in this environment and benefit from NFTs? Uh, The way that we look at this is, for the first problem, uh, artists here, they need to prove ownership, right? They need mm. to show that they own it. Um, so what they're doing is they're using a website where they will upload a digital file that creates the NFT, mm-hmm. and then they're sharing that with social media. So artists have now taken ownership of their kind of marketing, right? Mm-hmm. In order for them to sell their artwork, they no longer necessarily need a gallery, although it still helps. Mm. Um, they can go on social media, they can go to Twitter, Discord channels, different chat rooms, and, you know, just share their link that will link directly back to their artwork. Mm. So that's one way that it helps with ownership. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second problem, right, digital scarcity. So again, a lot of artists you would see on Instagram or or TikTok, right, upload their artworks. Um, Anyone can see those, anyone can copy them, and I can put them on my phone, right, Mm. and say, look, yeah, I have it. But if you ever try to resell that, if you ever mm-hmm. try to say, put some value to it, mm-hmm. you would have a very difficult time. Right. I mean, because if it was maybe a tangible artwork, you can put the artist's signature on it and that appreciates the value. But what if it's just, you know, digital artwork, as you've said, how do you ensure that this digital signature is authentic? Yeah. So the way that you ensure that is, um, when you create an NFT, it creates that unique token ID. Mm-hmm. And when you go to these websites, you can click uh, on that token ID and it will take you to another website where you can see the history. You can see when it was created. You mm-hmm. can see where it was created, what digital wallet it was created from. Mm-hmm. And again, because of social proof, right? Social media. Yeah. Uh, if you do vetting of an artist and make sure that they have like Instagram, Twitter, uh, they have a website, right? They're active. Most, you know, 99% of the time that NFT is coming from them, Uh, although there are some Mm. there are some cases where it doesn't. But for the most part, uh, they're they're able to create digital scarcity now with their files Mm. um, through using 
these websites to create unique IDs that people can track on the internet. So all this explanation that we provided, I think, uh, goes to show that for a collector, this may be, uh, for these reasons, a safe and sound uh, investment, so to speak. But from an artist's angle, I've read somewhere that technically anyone can uh, turn their creative work into NFT and sell it online. Is that true? And would it benefit just about any artist? Yeah, uh, that is true. Um, there have been instances like that. Actually, it's quite funny. One of our first artists, Engwin, um, we were doing a really great uh, social media campaign for him. Um, he was a non-crypto artist, non-NFT artist, mm. uh, releasing his first series of NFTs. And we found actually someone, uh, one of his fans, found another collection of his artwork being uploaded by someone else. Oh. Right? And so, again, it's because of social proof. Because I can upload the artwork to a website doesn't necessarily mean someone else will buy it. Right. Although, again, it, it can happen. Mm. But if I want to sell that, I would have to market it. And if I'm marketing it and I am not me, right, and social proof says, look, like, this, I, our artist, Engwin, this is not the digital address mm. that he uploaded his artwork from. This is not the website that he used this guy that is saying that he is a fake, is a fraud. Mm. And so social media is almost like its own self-policing, I guess. Scott, have you ever experienced uh, pushback from maybe traditional artists saying that, you know, NFTs, I mean, anytime there's a big change or a game changer in the industry, there's some contention. Have you seen any of sorts? Uh, I think early days. Mm. Uh, last year when... The digital artists were getting a lot of um, headlines just because of their sales, and, and no one really knew what was happening. <laughs> there was some um, intrigue and a, some controversy here and there. Sure. But I think that after a lot of uh, the sales, after a lot of people uploading information, mm -hmm. a lot of talks on Clubhouse and YouTube, and, <laughs> and just generally... Uh, everyone's starting to become more curious and doing a deeper dive into what NFTs are. Mm. Um, the pushback has not been as great because mm. the money is there, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> for example, like you, you see Damien Hirst, right? Damien yeah. Hirst, legendary artist, um, someone that maybe you, a traditional art collector wouldn't think would use digital means to sell his artworks. Because he doesn't need to, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to, but... Mm. Again, if you're an artist, if you want to stay in the game, mm. um, you can. And he did, actually. Uh, a couple, he made a lot a of money. Days. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he made a boatload of, uh, of money recently <laughs> where he dropped um, his collection of, I think it was like a thousand NFTs. Mm. And they all connected to a physical artwork. Mm. And you could either keep the NFT or you could burn it mm. to get the physical artwork. And right now the collection is still up for sale. People are trading these NFTs um, for a lot of money, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But wouldn't that also be a contentious angle, that you would have this digital right, this NFT to the artwork and the artwork too, if you burn the real thing, couldn't that be perceived as offensive for the artist too? Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's always some gray areas. Yeah. Uh, I think that just depends on the artist. Um, for example, let, let's yeah. take another example here. Uh, there was a art group, Banksy, uh, recently. Mm. Uh, I think it was in the early part of this year. And then they burned it. 
They took a digital photo of it and then uploaded it as an NFT, and it was like a an, an art experiment, right? Like it was like mm-hmm. performance art, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no backlash from Banksy. There was a little backlash from the traditional world, but again, that kind of mirrored Banksy's uh, philosophy, maybe even. I think he's always been a disruptor. Yeah, yeah. So he's always been a disruptor. So. It, it wasn't it wasn't too offensive, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I guess those who may take offense to it might not upload their own work to the NFT. I think I just answered my own question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's all in your in the the process. Actually, what's interesting too yeah. is there's a digital artist called Pac, mm-hmm. and he actually encouraged mm-hmm. using he encourages people to burn his work. There's a website called burn.art where you can go and you can burn his tokens. But in doing so, you receive Ash. Mm. Ash is his token that he he is using to give his, you know, his supporters, his yeah. collectors a way to buy works only with Ash. Right. So you, can, you cannot use any other cryptocurrency. You can only use his Ash token to buy his artwork in the future. Scott, perhaps we've taken a a weird turn about trying to get you to answer what is art. I mean, it's getting more cryptic (laughs) in trying to answer what an NFT exactly is. But I do think we did provide a clear explanation. I want to ask a really fundamental question as to what actually attracted you to the crypto world to create a platform to help out these uh, perhaps new or thriving artists to turn their works into NFTs. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great question. So what attracted me to this space? Um, the community. So as an educator, uh, I also work with a, a bunch of students who are young graphic designers and illustrators and art majors coming out of um, university. They often, you know, I'll be teaching fourth year students and asking them, what are you going to do? Like, are, are you ready? Are you excited to be part of the world? And they're like, we can't find a job. Like we, you know, we don't know where to go. We, it, this this market's so competitive. I may have to sit in an internship for a couple of years just to like get start my career. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, I met my co-founder and partner, Ralph. Great guy. He has been in the blockchain industry for years. Mm-hmm. Um, did his PhD on like uh, digital asset management, mm-hmm. and he told me about NFTs last summer. Mm-hmm. And to me, that just it made complete sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it it wasn't like NFTs were new last summer. NFTs have been around since like 2015, 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. but they just haven't been popular, right? Um, mm-hmm. But when he told me about that, I saw an immediate way to help my students mm-hmm. start building their careers and start getting them, mm-hmm. at least getting them some knowledge on different alternatives mm-hmm. to just working up the company ladder, to just freelancing um, in a way that, they have a little bit more control over their artistic and creative talents um, mm. right from the get-go rather than having to kind of slog through the, the, the Korean work. The work, corporate work, work. system even, yeah, and trying to you know <laughs> barely get through the grind to maybe have a chance at a full career at a job they may potentially not like. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Here's the thing. I I do think NFTs are in general facing a really interesting time where the general public's perception is also slowly altering, maybe more acceptance. I think that big stamp of approval from established artists like Banksy and you also mentioned uh, Damien Hirst. Also approval from the likes of the Sotheby's and Christie's. I think it helps a great deal. Uh, Today, then, what challenges does your agency face at this juncture? 
Um, I would say our agency is facing time and bandwidth. Mm. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, just means we there's so many people now interested in this space. Mm. Um, we're getting emails constantly. We're getting people wanting to talk to us and help them with different projects that we are now having to choose where we want to spend our time. And also bandwidth as in the roles that we need filled are not like traditional roles. Like mm. no one is going to school to become a community manager for Discord, mm. right? Mm. Like <laughs> what, does that even, what, what does that even mean, right? Like, right. <laughs> Who would be qualified for that position, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like that's, for example, like that's a role that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's also challenging that this space is creating new ways for people to, I, I guess, alternative paths for people to start entering into kind of like this digital economy that we're mm. working in, this gig economy, right? Um, mm. And so I, I guess those would be the challenges. You know, we covered a great deal about what it means for artists, but I want to end with a question directed more about covering the collectors. What is your outlook on NFTs as an art form and as a collectible? Uh, will it only grow this industry? Uh, yeah, I, I think it will continue to grow. Uh, we ourselves are constantly uh, collecting NFTs. That's how we started our agency, actually, was uh, my partner and I would identify the artists that were coming up. For example, like Beeple, uh, we collected his very famous 69 million. He did two drops for that. Mm. Uh, one drop garnered him like 3.5, and then the uh, first drop of his, it, it was a little bit under the radar, but we were able to, you know, collect some of his pieces back then. I, I collected this piece back in October for $420, right? Like, mm. it was crazy. So my partner and I uh, collected it together. And effectively, in my mind, back in October 2020, I was like, what am I doing spending mm. about $500 mm-hmm. on digital art, right? Like, it felt what like are a we lot. doing? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, this is, this is insane. Um, but as you know, looking back at that, thinking now, oh, that was actually a really great investment um, that my partner and I made for a company. And looking forward, um, mm. because of new artists coming into the space, because of new people, new collectors also finding just the being able to quickly collect mm. and then find the market for another collector to buy. Scott, um, did you specialize in art before you delved into this industry in particular? Because I feel like that takes a particular eye to pinpoint an artist who might be more successful, like Beeple, for example. I did not. Um, I've just <laughs> loved art. I've you know been in the art community. I put on a few art shows down in Daegu uh, about mm. 10 years ago now, um, aging myself a little bit, uh, <laughs> but and did some uh, kind of art creative roles here in Seoul, mm. uh, exhibitions here in Seoul as well. But no, it was just, just me just diving deeper into what is happening, mm. looking at, you know, doing my research, right? Going to the different platforms, looking at collectors. For example, here's a tip. If you want to start collecting, go to the NFT platforms, look at the top collectors. And mm. it's all there. It's all public knowledge and see what they're collecting. Mm. And so that's, that's what I did in the beginning. Um, and then just from there, uh, just, collected what I loved, collected what I liked, and found that what I loved and liked it also turned out to be quite, uh, quite valuable. 
And the more you know, the more you see. Uh, I, this was such an insightful conversation, Scott. I hope to speak to you again in the future because I can almost guarantee our listeners that we'll be talking about NFTs for the foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Lena. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day. You too. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.